Dave Burkett here, uh, Facebook Live and Freep.com, wrapping up day three of the NFL Draft and really the 2020 NFL Draft as a whole. Uh, the Lions made five picks today, uh, starting with an offensive lineman, a second straight offensive lineman, a pick that I actually liked. Um, I graded all of the uh, the Lions draft picks on, on Freep.com. My grades are up there. I gave them an A- minus for the class, went through the class individually as well, each pick. Some I liked, some I didn't. Logan Stenberg, he was the first pick of the draft for the Lions, or the first pick of today for the Lions. Jashan Cornell, uh, the last pick, defensive lineman from Ohio State. Get into all your questions on every single one of those players. If you have them, feel free to hit them up here in the the Facebook live chat. Uh, But first, I just wanted to talk about, um, I just wrote uh, uh, about 35 inches uh, for you newspaper people out there on, uh, you know, Bob Quinn's thoughts sort of at the end of the draft. Um, He talked about every pick. But the thing that really stood out to me was just talking about how this draft process has made him sort of maybe reevaluate how the Lions go about the... uh, uh, their their pre-draft process in years going forward and being home, how being home with his family, with his kids, having them a part of the, the whole draft process uh, has made him yearn for that a little bit more. And he instructed his staff, you know, in their, their end of, of the draft Zoom today to come up with ideas or suggestions on, on things that they can incorporate into, um, you know, the spring going forward. He suggested that maybe, maybe they don't have a, uh, you know, a, uh, 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 maybe they, they have some virtual meetings every week. Maybe they're not on the road quite as much. I mean, maybe there are things. And he said, look, I, you can't, I can't hold you to it or you can't hold me to it, but it's something that he wants to, to maybe be able to strike a better work-life balance for his scouts and his coaches and everyone uh, really February through April when uh, they spend so much time on the road at pro days and, and uh, in, in some of these meetings that maybe they can do virtually from now on. So, Look, I know this is a past month and a half really has been tough for everyone. Uh, it's certainly been different in the NFL. It's it's been different all over for that matter. Um, I, I'm sure some of you out there are, are you know feeling the the impacts of, of the coronavirus pandemic on a personal level. Um, but you know, just uh, I've always kind of scratched my head and wondered that, right? And, and look, maybe it's a little different in season. Um, but you know, what is the coach who spends you know uh, 21 hours there on a you know all day there on a, a Friday night, a Thursday night, uh, you know, into the wee hours of the morning? Like, what are they getting done at at, at two in the morning then? When, when, you know, the game plan is in for the week. Uh, there are some coaches, and I'm not suggesting this about anyone in particular, but there are some coaches who are just there to be there, right? And, and they're not working. And Bob, one thing Bob said was we have to work smarter, not longer. And, uh, you know, so I think maybe if there's a good thing to come out of this whole pandemic, maybe that, that goes for, for everyone, uh, you know, across this country that you sort of, uh, you know, value, uh, reevaluate some of the things that are, are meaningful. And, and it seems like at least in, in the NFL level, Bob and, and some of those uh, some of the other people have in the NFL uh, have done that. So that'll be an interesting thing to follow. Hopefully we get back to normal too long, but maybe there's a little bit uh, new sense of normal, I guess. Um, all right, so let me go through some of these questions here. Uh, I hope you guys are all doing well. Sorry, it looked like for a quick sec. Uh, hopefully we're back. I apologize if this is going in and out a little bit. I was having some problems earlier during Bob's Zoom. Anyways, um, so let me get to these as much as possible. Rob, appreciate that. I think you're talking probably about the great article. Listen, I don't agree with every pick. Um, I gave him an A minus, and, and you, if you probably averaged out the grades of all the picks, it wouldn't equal an A minus. But I weighted those grades heavily towards the players up top. You know, I, I like the Jeff Okuda pick. Um, I think there was, you know, look, I would have liked to see him make a trade. They would have liked to have made a trade. There wasn't a trade there, um, and I don't think you can fault Bob uh, in, in the Lions for that. 
Um, so I like what they did. I gave him an A. I, I think Okuda was the right pick at number three. I think he was the best player on the board. So can't go wrong with that. DeAndre Swift, uh, we talked about this yesterday, just the value of a running back at 35. And look, when you see Matt Breida get a fifth round pick, right? He goes for a fifth round pick that maybe you think that maybe that running back's a little too high, you know, Swift at 35 and they could have addressed other needs. Um, I like it still. I, I think Swift was, he was a great, you know, he was the best player there. And uh, that's what this team wants to be. You know, one thing Bob said, let me see if I got this quote handy. Uh, one thing that he said in the, the wrap up, um, you know, video conference that he did, he was talking about um, the emphasis they put on the, the running game here in the draft, right? They drafted two guards, they drafted two running backs. They certainly put a lot of emphasis on that. I'm going to read you this quote because I don't think this story is up there yet on our, our website yet. But he said, uh, you know, I think Coach Bevel, if you guys studied his history before he came here, he always had successful running games wherever he was. You know, that really made his quarterbacks better. That's kind of our philosophy. We're not going to sit back there with our four receivers and in spread. We're not going to do that. That's a small part of our offense. He said they want to be, you know, we want to be adaptive like we are on defense. He said, Patricia, we're a game plan defense, and we can morph into what we think works that week, and really the same goes for, for Bevel's offense. And they want to run the ball, and DeAndre Swift should help them do that. So um, I like the value there. I thought that was an A. Um, you know, I got mixed feedback on Julian Aquara and Jonah Jackson in the next two picks, but I thought there was some value there. Uh, same thing with, with Stenberg in round four. You know, I, I think you guys saw the story that I posted about him being the biggest prick in the draft, uh, you know, and, and that, meaning that in a good way, you know, from, from a scout that I, I know. So, um, look, they didn't hit the defensive tackle spot, and uh, I didn't like that. I wasn't a fan of the, the receiver they took in round five, Quintess Cephas. Not necessarily for the player he is, but just for other reasons. So, um, that wasn't a uh, uh, a pick that I, I like much. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I didn't quite understand the Huntley pick, but I just thought the the value they got with those first two guys and what they did really in, in round three as well, uh, even though I, I could have seen them taking a defensive tackle over Aquara, um, you know, I, I, I thought it was worth an A- minus grade. I, I was going back and forth between A-, minus B+, plus, but... Uh, I want a minus at the end of the day. So call me a sucker, whatever. But that that's how I went. That's how I saw it. Um, all right, Jensen, not a draft-related question, but when does the NFL schedule get released? That's supposed to be in two weeks. I think the the date was May 9th, May 8th or May 9th uh, at the latest. Um, so, you know, we'll see. That should be coming up shortly. Uh, you guys have probably seen the reports that the NFL is going to structure the schedule uh, as such, so they could play a 12 or 14 game schedule if need be, if the season does not start on time. Um, you know, that to me would mean that, that your non-conference games are going to be the, in the first month of the season. Um, look, I, I don't expect the, the NFL to play London games, though the Lions would be going to, to London to play Jacksonville. Uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, I don't know if, if that's been quite confirmed yet. Maybe I shouldn't say it like it's been confirmed, but that's 99% the expectation that that's going to happen. But I just don't expect that to happen now with, with what's going on in the world. So draft or, or this, the schedule should come out in early May. We should get an idea of who the Lions play and when. Then expect to see a lot of, lead, a lot of conference games, uh, division games, loaded towards the back half of the, the schedule. Uh, Jeremy, all right, do I think the Cephas pick was maybe the cause of win-now edict? Uh, no, I think they needed a wide receiver. Um, and, you know, he was a productive player in college. I just didn't like it for two reasons. One, you know, he ran a 4.73, uh, 40 at the Combine. That was the slowest time of any receiver at the Combine. And now, you know, Bob said he had a better performance at his pro day that was more indicative of who he was as a player. 
Uh, maybe so, but you know what? Uh, I just think if you talk to people around the league, the one thing they will tell you uh, about this Lions team is that it just lacked a lot of speed, right? You, you know how they build with these big linebackers, and you know I think that's the case on, on offense somewhat too, that they didn't always have, have as much speed. And, uh, you know, Cephas, is, he doesn't help in that regard. And then the other thing for me was just the off-field questions. And, look, he was acquitted of, of the charges. Um, you know, he was accused of sexual assault in 2018, missed that season, acquitted of, of those charges in 2019. But I just didn't think, given what this organization went through a couple years ago, uh, that that was a pick they should have entertained in a deep wide receiver draft when there are many options out there. So uh, just stickler for that. Uh, never going to want the team to, to, to touch any, anybody with that in a, a, their background, no matter what the, the results of, of the, uh, you know, the, the trial were. That's just my own personal preference, so that's why I gave that, that grade. Uh, yeah, New Mexico State there. He's talking about uh, Jason Hundley, the, uh, the running back. This is Dante. Hey, Dante, look, I don't, I gotta be real honest. I, I put this in my grades. Like, I don't know anything about him as a player, right? I watched a, a quick highlight clip after he was drafted, uh, but I don't, I didn't have enough background to comment on him as a player. My only question with that pick was, you know, why you double up on the running back position. Uh, the Lions took Ty Johnson in the sixth round last year. They returned Carrion Johnson. You know, Bob Quinn talked today uh, about, you know, both Scarborough still being part of that rotation. So there's only so many, you know, snaps. Uh, I guess to go around, and I think Swift's going to get a lot of them, and and Carrion's going to get a lot of them, and so I don't know exactly how he fits into the mix. Maybe as a return man, but it's tough to, you know, Jamal Agnew is a pretty good return man too, and it's tough just to to keep a, a spot for somebody who that's really all he does. Bob did say, uh, and maybe this goes to what maybe this goes to what Dante was saying, but Bob did say that he plays bigger than his size. He's not just a one trick pony with the size. He's willing to take on contact. So Dante, I'm, I'm anxious to to see Hundley in action. I'm anxious to, to uh, you know, watch him a little bit more when I get the opportunity to talk to more people about him. Uh, David talks about the Hunter Bryant undrafted free agency tight end. Look, they needed a tight end. Uh, I put that on my, you know, my, my day three watches, you know, some players. The thing with Hunter Bryant was he had some medical concerns, and I think that's why he fell out of the draft. I think both knees, if I'm not mistaken, whatever it was, he had some medical concerns. Um, but yeah, look, uh, you know, the Lions felt comfortable, obviously, with the medicals, uh, or at least willing to, to spend the money on him as an undrafted free agent. I don't know what that number is yet, but I, uh, I, I think it's probably a big number. Actually, that, was that reported? Maybe it was. Maybe my, my friend Aaron Wilson reported that. Um, let me see. Did he? No, I didn't. No, maybe it was somebody else. Uh, Aaron said Jeremiah Dinson got 80000 guaranteed, including a $30,000 bonus. Uh, look, the Lions, because they're only signing, Bob said, seven to ten undrafted free agents, you know, maybe they can they can pump those prices up a little bit more. I imagine Hunter gets a good deal, but also because of the opportunity here, you know, he'll compete uh, with, with Isaac Nauta for the number three spot. And, you know, look, uh, you know, there's probably an opportunity before long to be the number two to, to TJ Hawkinson. Joshua asked, can the Lions beat the Packers? That's a big question. Uh, look, I, I don't – maybe I'm on an island here, all right? Uh, but I don't think the NFC North is all that tough, all right? That's uh, just me, right? There's no elite team. There's no Kansas City Chiefs, right? There's no team that you, that's going to uh, run through the whole schedule or be a threat to, to be a Super Bowl team, in my opinion. Um, I think the Packers had a good year last year, but – uh, you know, there might have been a little fool's gold element to that. You know, they, they won a whole lot of close games. And shoot, they didn't even lead the Lions a minute in regulation, a second in regulation. Um, I, think they're, I think they're a good team. 
Um, I don't know exactly what their draft is right now, so I, I can't uh, I can't speak much to that these days. Sort of, they go so fast that I don't know who all they added uh, outside of Jordan Love and outside of a running back early. And I don't know that either of those selections is going to help them a ton. I mean, I think you know their their philosophy is a little bit like the Lions. You have a good running game, the play action that only helps the quarterback. So I understand that, uh, but you're not going to get much out of Jordan Love. So can the Lions beat him? Sure. I, I, to me, Minnesota is the team to beat in the NFC North. I think the Lions helped themselves in this draft. Um, you know, with with some of the, the playmakers they added, I, I still wouldn't put them on on that level. Uh, but I think there's you know it's a very slim margin for error for the NFC North teams. You know, the Bears. They were a 500 team last year. They didn't really help themselves in the draft. They didn't even have a first round pick. You know, the Packers, good team. Uh, you know, I like some of the moves they did this offseason. You know, you take a flyer on, on Rick Wagner, Ezra Cleveland, that's another guy they drafted. Uh, you know, I, I think he's got a shot. If I'm, I think he went there. Uh, maybe that was Minnesota. So I apologize if it was. If it's not, maybe it is Minnesota. But, uh, you know, uh, look, Rick Wagner's taking over at right tackle. I, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think the Lions, they're a better team. They, were, they, they weren't a three-win team to begin with. They're a better team. Probably won't be picking them for the playoffs, but, uh, you know, I like the moves they made. I think it's, they're going to be more competitive in the NFC North. Uh, Jer, thanks for the coverage. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, talks about them uh, needing a difference-making defensive tackle. Didn't get one. No, I'm with you. They didn't get one, and that's the one failing, the biggest failing of the draft to me is I think that was a – Oops, sorry about that. Let's see what we got here. Flip this thing, this sucker back around. I don't know how I did that. There we go. Uh, <laughs> user error happens sometimes when you're going live. Uh, I was trying to, uh, uh, I was trying to read all of, of Jerry's comments there, and I couldn't. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, no, they didn't get a defensive tackle. That's the one biggest fail to me. Is what uh, you know. Um, to me, that was a big need coming in, and they added two defensive linemen late, and and I think both those guys can be you know role player types, and and you know maybe even I I don't know if they're gonna have a role this year. Uh, you know, uh, Penasini would probably be the have the best bet, but you know he's more of a you know a backup to uh, I guess Danny Shelton. You know, uh, Cornell, your seventh round pick. I, I like that pick for the upside, but um, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know that either one of those guys is gonna have a big big impact. And I just I don't see a lot of playmaking out of that defensive tackle position. Shelton, Nick Williams, uh, you know, Deshaun Hand coming off a couple injuries. We'll see. Maybe they surprise me. Uh, but I, I still think that's the biggest need to answer your question, Jerry. Yes, I do. I think defensive tackle is the biggest need right now. Chris, do I think Cephas will be a starter this season? No, they they have, you know, uh, on Johnson. I'm sorry, Carrion. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Uh, Danny Amendola, that's the, your starting three receivers. The Cephas pick, they need a number four, and they need somebody to be that they can see being in the playing group in 2021 because none of those guys is under contract for 2021. And is going to get an extension. You know, who knows? Maybe they bring Marv back, um, but they need some long-term help at the receiver position, and Cephas could potentially be that guy. Marvin Hall, don't forget about him as well. He's uh, he's got some some speed. Obviously, we saw that last year. Uh, Chris asks, how many of these picks do I think will start? Uh, no doubt, Jeff Okuda will start. You know, Bob Quinn said he expects him to be a day one starter. That should absolutely be the expectation at the number three pick. Look, you don't take a running back. Uh, sorry, connection popped out there for a second again. You don't take a running back at thirty five to not have him play. So I think DeAndre Swift is probably your starter. Maybe Carrion gets the first carry of the season, but 
Uh, and those guys will, will split the workload in a lot of ways. But to answer your question, I think DeAndre Swift is a starter. One of those offensive guards is probably your, your starting right guard. I would give the edge to Jonah Jackson. You know, Bob said they fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl. They took him first. Uh, that's probably the case. You know, he's played all uh, all three positions. If I'm not mistaken, Stenberg has just played left tackle where he started three seasons at Kentucky. Stenberg, not a great athlete. Um, you know, again, biggest prick in the draft in a good way. Uh, so I like that. I like that. I like that pick. Uh, and there are, my understanding at least, was there are some some long-term concerns about Joe Dahl's health. So I don't have a problem with them doubling up at the guard spot. But to answer your question, I think those three, they get three starters out of there. I don't see Julian Aquara as a starter. I do see him as a situational pass rusher. Um, so probably three starters pretty early on in the season. We'll see if, if Jackson can be a, a starter week one. Uh, Steve, yeah, everybody being optimistic with the draft that makes you nervous. Hey, I, I get that. Look, you know, the, I, I wrote this. I think this story did post earlier. I, don't, I don't, didn't tweet it out, so maybe, maybe you guys didn't see it. But, um, look, uh, you know, it, these draft grades, you, you guys know, they mean nothing, right? I mean, I, when I took a quick glimpse, you know, the Cowboys in 16 when they got Zeke and, and Dak Prescott and, you know, Jalen Smith – um, you know, they got, that's one of the best draft halls in the last 10 years, that and the New Orleans Saints, all right, from, from 2017, I think it was. Um, two, the two best draft halls in the last 10 years. And guess what? The Cowboys, they were sort of ranked as like a middle of the pack draft that year because Jalen Smith was a risk and that was going to be because no one knew what Dak Prescott was going to be. And, uh, you know, look what they, they look what that, that class has turned out to be for them, a really good class. So these draft rankings mean nothing. I think it's good to be optimistic. I think it's fine to have questions about some of the picks. Like I said, my overall ranking was based primarily on the first two picks. I like the players they took with their next three picks, uh, though I would have liked to see a defensive tackle a little bit more in there. Uh, it's okay to be optimistic, but uh, yeah. Uh, do I think they should have taken a quarterback like Jake? Jake Fromm, uh, no, I don't. Uh, you know, I wrote this in my, my position preview early on in uh, heading into the draft that if you don't take Tua or, you know, a first-round quarterback, it didn't make any sense to me to, to take a late-round one just because you got Stafford. You're not drafting somebody to replace him if you're not taking him in the first round. Uh, then you sign Chase Daniel to a three-year deal. He's the backup. So those are your two quarterbacks. It just didn't make sense to, to spend a pick on a quarterback. Now, uh, you know, maybe you bring in some competition for David Blau. I don't know if they'll keep three three quarterbacks. Uh, you know, given the, the circumstances of the year, it might be a good uh, good thing to do to keep three. But I just I didn't really see it. If you don't take a quarterback that's going to compete with Stafford, right? Like if you don't think you need to replace Stafford, then you don't need to get a young backup because you have Chase Daniel signed for three years. So to answer your question. Don't have a problem with them not taking him or anyone. And I see he didn't either, so just to, to make that clear. Joshua asks, can we win the NFC North now? Like I said, man, I am not picking the Lions to make the playoffs. You know, uh, right now on, on April 25th, uh, that's to be reevaluated another another time. But I would still say the Minnesota Vikings are the favorite in the North. I thought they were the, the better team last year than the Packers myself. Uh, Schroeder, it feels like this class is in a class full of wide receivers. I could start the Lions waited too long. Um uh, I, I mean, I, the thing is, right, if you think they waited too long, which one do you take and when over who? So I like their first five picks. I don't have a problem with when they waited to take one. Uh, you know, again, I, and I think Cephas was a fine player. That just, my thoughts on that pick are, are you know, documented them earlier here. Uh, you know, wasn't a fan of it. Um, but, 
you know, that doesn't mean that, that that's going to be the, the wrong player. He's not going to contribute for them because he does, he does have some skill. So, uh, but yeah, I, it was a really deep receiver class this year. And, and I'm sure there are a lot of guys that could have filled that, that position. Uh, take on drafting the second running back. Yeah. I mentioned that a little bit earlier that, um, you know, I don't know enough about Huntley as a player to, to give you a great, um, you know, scouting breakdown on him, obviously fast. Uh, Bob Quinn said dynamic return man says he plays bigger than his size. I'll take him at his word for, for those things for now until I talk to some more people on that. Um, I, you know, I didn't quite get the doubling up on the running back thing. I, again, I think, you know, that's a spot where, well, you know, look, they, they ended up getting the tight end in, in undrafted free agency. They didn't really pass on too many defensive tackles. I think it was two before they took Penasini with the next pick. Um, you know, so uh, I, I guess in order for me to, to hate it, I would have to have somebody that I, I felt really strongly about them missing on. I don't have that, but I just, like I said, I didn't, you know, I, I don't understand the doubling up at that position given what they already have on their roster. But hey, you know what? That, that Look, running backs and undrafted ones and small school ones and late round ones, they, they have impact. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a terrible thing. I think I gave that pick a B. I just didn't, didn't quite grasp it completely. Uh, Jensen about the cap money the Lions have. Uh, yes, Galladay is going to get an extension. He uh, look that's going to happen. He wants it to happen. The Lions want it to happen. Uh, you know, unless you know the the circumstances of the world uh, dictate something else, I, I fully expect that to happen this offseason. He's going to get paid paid well. You know, sixteen million a year, some something like that. Uh, so they will spend some of their money on an extension for him. I think they'd like to get Taylor Decker done as well. I'm. I'm I'm a little unclear if that one's going to get done, but uh, that's certainly something that could happen too. Uh, Chris asked about defensive linemen and free agency. Uh, well, Chris, outside of Jadavion Clowney, um, I don't have any great names for you. My, my mind's a little locked into the draft right now, so I might have to think about that one for a second, come back to you, or hit me up on Twitter. And uh, once I, I kind of get out of this draft mode, I'll, I'll have some thoughts, but I don't think the Lions are in the Clowney mix. Um, you know, he didn't fit in Houston. So he probably doesn't fit in Detroit, uh, but they do have some cap money to spend. So who knows, right? Maybe, uh, maybe they can. And Chris Jones supposedly still on the market in Kansas City. Uh, who knows? That'd be a great one. Sue, uh, Sue resigned. Uh, he resigned in, in Tampa, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there we go. Steve said that as well. Sorry, I'm just catching up on some of these scrolling up. Uh, any thoughts on why they passed on all the U of M players? Um, well, look, uh, about the, the linemen in particular, I guess I can tell you that um, just they love Jackson. That's what it was. Excuse me, long day. You know, they said they, uh, they fell in love with him at the, at the, the Senior Bowl. Um, uh, Bredesen is a you know, guard. Uh, I think Runyon is a guard, too. Probably a guard only. You know, said, Runyon said that he thought he was a guard. So they got their two guards. They didn't need any of the offensive linemen. Um, I just never saw DPJ as a fit for the Lions, truthfully. I mean, very athletic guy, but... Um, I don't know. I just, no one really told me that. Uh, I just never, never quite saw that as a fit. I thought Josh Uche was the best fit for them. And of course, uh, he went, I guess a little bit before they picked in the third round. Right. So they just missed out on him. So, uh, wasn't surprised necessarily that they didn't end up with any other Michigan guys. Don't think there's, there's anything to read into it. Just maybe not a lot of great fits there. Uh, let's see. Loretto, I think you're talking again about your, your running back, right? Uh, Jason Huntley, is that right? Broken tackle rate, and that's why he's fast? Yeah, I don't know, 98%. I mean, he gets brought down, right? So, I don't know. Uh, 
But uh, but no, I, I'm anxious to see him, right? Uh, the guard, yeah, look, Eric, I'm with you, man. The bring the nasty, like, to me, the, the pick of Logan was, you know, I, I kind of got, uh, when I got a text from, from a scout, you know, that said he was the biggest prick in the draft, that just made me like, wow, this is, this is really the kind of guy that the Lions need, you know? Like, this, this is the exact kind of, of guard that they want on their team. And again, you know, as I was texting back and forth with my guy, you know, he said there's, uh, you know, you know, just because you're tough, it doesn't mean that you're going to be the guy, right? Like uh, sometimes you fall because the lack of uh, lack of athleticism, and, and that was the case here with with Logan. But um, you know, if I'm playing quarterback, that's the kind of guy. Or running back, that's the kind of guy that I want blocking for me. And I know Bob Quinn said that he really liked that as well. Uh, Kevin, you're right. Ty Johnson's speed uh, wasn't so. This was somebody who told me before, right? That that he was more straight line fast than he was shifty and I think that's the case and so some of that you know doesn't always show up in at the running back position because how often are you running straight line um uh, how often are you running straight lines at the running back position and so that's why I think uh you know sometimes you see these running backs that are four five four six guys even have really good careers because it's not about the straight line speed as much as it is being shifty and, and having some of that that short area burst so um, but I think Ty Johnson still could have a role, or I did at least until they, they took two running backs. Um, I'm not sure now. You know, Bob said uh, those those guys will compete for a job, and, and they know what's at stake. Um, but, you know, just the fact that you drafted a, another running back and spent a fifth-round pick on him, uh, yeah, makes me think that, that Ty Johnson's days in Detroit might be numbered. Uh, any idea if the Auburn guy is in the lead for punter? Santoso going to get called back? No, no, they like Fox, man. Um, I've written this a couple times, so I, people don't want to believe me or whatever. And, and I know I, I threw Braden Mann and my players to watch just in case, you know, day three picks to watch just in case, but they like Fox. All right. He look, uh, Jack Fox, right? Jack, Jake, what is it? Fox. Um, they, he came in for a workout, uh, for late in the season last year, right? Early December, I think it was. And, uh, sorry, I was just checking that. Uh, he came in for a workout in early December, rocked it. I mean, was was punting out of his, his butt, you know, like like just did a great job. They cut Matt Weil. They signed Fox to the uh, the practice squad. Uh, really like what they saw in him. I think it's going to be an open competition between Jack Fox and the Aussie punter this year. They're not going to keep three on their roster, right? They're, they're not going to bring three to camp, so they probably get rid of one of those guys. I think Fox was the guy that they liked most. You know, they, they might be they have room to keep three now, but they also have three long snappers on their roster. They're not going to keep three long snappers right now. So you probably like, um, you know, they probably like, I should say, you know, haven't talked to anyone about this, um, that undrafted rookie better than one of the two guys they have on, on the roster now. So they're going to have them compete. And what they did last year, you recall, was uh, they had Matt Weil on on uh, practice squad for a couple weeks when Sam was dealing with his injury, uh, when Fox, when Jack Fox had that great workout. They cut while and, and brought Fox in. Then they re-signed both to, to futures deals. So I think Fox is the guy that uh, it's probably his his you know job to to lose. But I think it's probably a pretty pretty fair competition. Uh, Bruno, you're right. You know what? Uh, if they were able to swing a trade up top, you get that extra second round pick. You get that defensive tackle, and that's the one thing that this this draft uh, class lacks. So I think you're right. If that happens, maybe it's an A. You know, outside of that, you know, uh, uh, Chase Young falling. I think those are probably the only the only A's. I totally understand exactly what you're saying. Right, defensive tackle, whether it's it's Blaylock or not, uh, you know, that would have been uh, the right move or a great addition for them if they could have got that. Uh, somebody got to teach 
learn how to block on her first. Uh, that's probably right. Uh, but you know, he's, uh, he's an offensive lineman or, uh, a, a receiving type. Right. So, um, you know, uh, you know, he can, he can bring a certain dimension to this team. Uh, it's certainly going to be TJ Hawkinson as your number one guy and Jesse James is your number two. So he would have a very specific role. Uh, sorry, I'm catching up late on these, Chris. I don't know if you're talking about the, the, uh, the lack of a defensive tackle is a big fail, probably right. All right, middle linebacker here, bunch of guys. You know how they play, man. They're going to have a couple guys stacked up there. Tavai Davis, those are probably your your middle linebackers. I can see Jared playing a little bit more off the edge this year, blitzing him more since he was so effective doing that in 2018. So maybe Tavai takes over a little bit more of the middle. But I think both of those guys continue to be, you know, stack linebacker types. And, uh, you know, they, they play Collins uh, a little bit more on the edge. But, look, maybe it's Julian Aquara that, that gets uh, some edge time. We'll see how that all shakes out. So, um, look, Davis lines have a decision to make here on Davis and his uh, his contract. His fifth-year option coming up. Uh, I, I, I reported before, you know, they had told some agents during free agency that they, uh, you know, they, they, they recognize Davis's limitations. So I don't know if they're going to. Uh, I don't know that they're going to spend much. Uh, I don't know that they want to lock themselves in potentially to a, a big money fifth-year deal for Jared Davis. We'll see. They like him a lot as a person, as a leader, so that's an interesting decision they have to make. Uh, free agents, Trent, like I said, I'm a little uh, – free agents are sort of out of my mind right now, so hit me up on Twitter about that one when I have a second to, to catch my uh, – uh, you know, catch back up to speed on who's still left in free agency right now. Yeah, Jonathan, look, on the offensive line thing – I think that's what it is, right? That both of these guards, you could see them both starting down the road. Um, you know, one is probably going to start at some point this year. You got some a backup for, man, excuse me, losing it. You got a uh, backup for, for Joe Dahl. It's been a long week, guys. I apologize. I'm yawning. Um, but, you know, down the road, if you got a fourth-round pick that's starting for you in two years at guard and, and gives you a couple good seasons out of there, that's a win of a pick, right? So who knows if that's what happens, but I think that's the way you have to look at it for from the Lions' standpoint. Uh, and, again, at the defensive tackle thing, you know, this is one thing that they have some bodies there, but they just don't have any difference makers there. And, you know, after they, they passed on those guys in the first two, maybe even early third round, because I think Matabuke was there in the third round, I would have, you know uh, – thought he was a good player, you're, you're not going to get, you know, a difference maker. And I don't even know that Matabuke, however you say his name, was a difference maker. I think he could be one in time. Um, but so, you know, they have bodies to, to get by a defensive tackle. Uh, let's see. Swift was your third choice. Third choice at running back, Jim. Sorry, I'm getting you late here. But are you saying like after Dobbins, after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, after Jonathan Taylor? Um, I, you know, I think I, I like that pick up top, you know, you could have made a, a case for a couple different guys in the second round, but I thought DeAndre Swift was the first round back. Uh, and I thought what they wanted to do with the position, he made a lot of sense. And I thought the value, as I explained yesterday, I, I think there's value in taking a running back, not too high in the draft, not top 10, but I think if you can get a good running back where the lions got him, you know, you get the best years out of him. You don't spend a lot. So uh, stopping the run. Chris, you're right. I do think that's going to be a huge issue because of the defensive tackles. But look, Danny Shelton played well last year. Uh, so if that, you know, if he in, in Snacks didn't. So if Danny Shelton's better than, than Snacks, uh, you know, at the defensive tackle spot, maybe all of a sudden they, uh, you know, their, their run defense is improved. Uh, can I comment on why Hill didn't get drafted? What Hill? I'm sorry. <sighs> 
I don't, uh, I don't know what hill you're talking about. Um, I apologize about that again. All these names are sort of running together right now. Um, the guards again, Michael, I think it's just about, you know, the value there. They needed one to start. Um, and yeah, they're, you know, there's, there's some, there's a chance for them to, uh, you know, both have, have, uh, starting jobs down the roll down the way. Uh, so Mike asks why no defensive end or defensive tackle in rounds three or four. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, those were some of the ones that I mentioned a couple of the ones they missed out on Jordan Elliott was in there. I think he went third round, but the Lions passed on him with both their third round picks. So, uh, apparently they didn't like him, you know, that much, uh, though, you know, again, they, Jonah Jackson's going to be a starter for them. So I, I get the guard pick in round three always seemed like that was the right spot to take one. Um, you know, and, and he, he seemed like a fit since they had him at the senior bowl. Uh, but you're right. Uh, that's the one thing this draft class lacks, uh, you know, but we'll see where they play Julian Acquire too. I think he's probably fits better at that, uh, you know, stand up outside linebacker spot, but Romeo is a right defensive end. Julian's, you know, he's going to be a little bit bigger, so maybe he can play both. Uh, oh, Chris Jones. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Look, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that the Lions are giving up anything to get him right now. I mean, I, I think they're probably pretty set. I was just sort of throwing that name out there like that's another one that's out there, you know, more than saying that's that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's an interesting thing to, to ponder at the very least. All right, how does, uh, how does it feel to come in fourth on the mock draft competition? Man, I'll tell you what, uh, those are just darts. Let's be honest. I mean, you, you have a sense of it, but like, even when you have a sense of it, like you don't, you know, is, is I guess what I mean. I mean, I, I hit, I think I had my first, the first nine picks of the draft, right? At least in the right spot. And, uh, the next couple, uh, draft or picks, I, you know, I just had, like, I had the wrong offensive lineman in the wrong spot, you know, like, like Jedrick Wills. I didn't think the Browns would take him because the Browns just signed Conklin, right? They didn't need a right tackle to me. So I thought maybe they'd take Becton, right? They, they didn't take Becton. Becton goes the next pick to the Jets. So I just had my, my lineman cross there. So it's, I, I think some of that happens where you put in, uh, you know, you talk to a lot of people during this, uh, during this process and, you know, some people are in a no, some people aren't. And, you know, uh, you know, you just sort of take all the information that you get, uh, from people. No one's telling you who they're drafting, right? They tell you what rumors they hear. They, you know, there's some things that you can file away that, okay, I, you know, this coach likes this guy or, or, you know, this guy, this team doesn't like this guy. And you just sort of always keep that in the back of your head. So, like I said, those things are darts. You know, I'll, next year I'll probably get four right, and I'll, I'll probably finish at the bottom of that. So, uh, you know, kind of kind of cool, but but doesn't mean a whole lot. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's, uh, uh, KJ Hill from Michigan. Um, that's a good uh, good question. I don't uh, I don't know or Lavert Hill, right? Lavert Hill. Uh, uh, yeah, he was. You know, someone had asked me. Somebody texted me. Just a, a friend of mine, Michigan friend. Uh, and he said that he hoped the Lions signed Lavert Hill. Um, uh, but, you know, the Lions obviously had, well, there you go, he signed with Kansas City. So, man, I did that again, didn't I? Not sure why I keep doing that. Sorry, I can't uh, keep hitting the wrong button. Um, yeah, so Bruno's talking about my, look, actually, I, I'll be real honest. Uh, I'm four for five on Bob Quinn. I didn't get three years in a row. Uh, I missed uh, Frank Ragnow. I did hit Decker. I did hit, uh, Jared Davis in my last mock there. Um, missed Ragnow, hit Hawkinson and then hit this one. So just, again, you kind of put things together. No one in the lines is telling you who they're taking and everything. It's just kind of one of those things. Uh, 
All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. William, you call me Josh. Josh Katzenstein, man, I might have to call him. Uh, this buddy of mine, obviously, used to work at the news. He's down in New Orleans right now. Um, and then, let's see, Mike just chimes in here. How do you see our defense improving from last year's disgrace after the draft and free agency? I think they're a little bit, you know, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, some of the moves they made early on this offseason were lateral moves. So uh, not like gung-ho on what they did. But I think they're better because, you know, I, I like the Okuda thing. I mean, I, I shouldn't say better. I, I think I think there's there's the potential uh, to be better. You know, when you have a blue-chip player like Okuda, it's going to take him a minute, right? You, you mean rookie cornerbacks, you don't come in and dominate right away. So he's not going to be as good as Darius Slay. And I don't think Desmond Trufant's going to be as good as Darius Slay was last year. But Trufant's, you know, he's he's closer to that caliber, I guess. Uh, and Okuda would be closer to that caliber than Rashawn Melvin. So I think overall, uh, the Lions secondary, you know, those two and, and Justin Coleman, that, that might be a little bit better once things get settled. Again, Okuda's not going to come in and dominate right away. So uh, I think, you know, there's some potential back there. But, you know, to me, the, the defense is it's sort of a wash. Uh, I don't think that it's significantly better. Uh, I do think maybe it's a hair better. Um, you know, I, I think... You know, Jamie Collins, Deron Harmon, there's some value to having some of those old pats in a season like this. Um, it's really going to come down to that offense, right? Keeping Stafford healthy and whether they can hold up because I could see them giving up a bunch of points again. New coordinator, new new personnel. You know, they're going to have five new, six new starters on the defensive side of the ball. So there's a lot that they're going to have to get right on defense to have a, a bounce back the year. Michael, I'm going to pass on the playoff question again. Like I said earlier, uh, not picking them right now to be reevaluated in the, the, the fall. Um, I don't think the NFC North is uh, this big insurmountable task, so I don't think it's out of the question. But, you know, I'm not, you know, the Vikings are the favorite to me. I'd probably put the Packers second, you know, after that. And, and the Lions and the Bears are, you know, you know, probably fighting it out for third right now. And in my eyes, don't trust the Bears quarterback situation at all. Lions defense still has some work to do, as we were just talking about. So that's kind of how I'd stack it up now. But, you know, need to kind of look at those other teams' rosters a little bit too and, and kind of figure out what they have. And, you know, what I like to do before I make my picks is, uh, and that's why I always get a kick, you know, I'll, I'll make my picks here when the, the schedule comes out, but it's super early. But I like to run some of, some of the, that by or get thoughts at least from pro personnel guys who see some of these teams uh, play in the fall or, or in training camp. And so that's why I kind of, uh, you know, mm, I tend to value those guys' opinions who see them and who do this for a living a little more than mine and then try to, you know, regurgitate some of that for you guys out there to, to at least sound somewhat informed. Uh, landing spot for Jameis Winston, don't have any idea right now. Again, I don't know where these, these quarterbacks lined up. Did the Patriots take a quarterback? Uh, I know they signed one in undrafted free agency, but it just, again, th these days are so long and you lose track of who did what that I don't have a great answer for you there. I would not have taken Eason or Fromm in rounds four or five, Mike. I don't think the Lions needed that backup. Uh, didn't hear great things about Easton other than he had a huge arm. So, uh, you know, to me it was you ride with the quarterbacks that you have. Uh, if the Lions don't have a good year, should Patricia be gone? I think, yeah, I think they're going to be. I mean, look, the <coughs> oh, excuse me, ownership, they said it in December. You know, if they don't have a good year, they're going to be out of jobs in all likelihood. I mean, it's just the reality of the, the NFL. And... Uh, you know, Chris asked it too. Are, are there jobs on the line? They they are on the line. And look, it's it's a tough situation, right? Because um, you know, I think those uh, 
you know, look, they have families, you know, and this is a, a weird year and, and uh, this is certainly not optimal situation to try to produce the best possible team that you can. I think they, you know, I think they did a good job during this draft. So I give them credit for that. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, they've done some good things with, with the roster building process, even though I don't like all the moves. I didn't like getting rid of Darius Slay. I didn't like getting rid of Quandre Diggs. Um, you know, I thought those guys had some value, uh, you know, so I, I think there's been some missteps along the way, but bottom line is they have to win. That's just, that's just how it is in the NFL. And they know that and ownership knows that, and they've made that pretty clear. And, uh, ownership did not paint itself in a corner and say, you have to make the playoffs, but that was the sense that they gave everyone in that room when we sat there and talked to them. Uh, and so even in a, a year, a weird year like this, when there are, there are certainly legitimate reasons why maybe things don't, uh, you know, fall into place. Um, I don't know that, that that's going to be, I don't know that there's enough goodwill that's been built up from the last two years to, to, to help save them. Uh, if there's a mediocre season, um, even if it's explainable in a year like this. So yes, I, I think, um, that their jobs are still on the line. So um, all right, that's going to do it for now, guys. I'm, uh, I got, I'm tired. I haven't eaten in a bunch of hours. It's 11 o'clock. need to get some sleep, uh, go see the fam a little bit, and, uh, yeah, reintroduce myself to them because it's been a long few days. But, listen, I appreciate you guys joining me here for a late-night Facebook. I appreciate you reading everything on, on Freep.com. Uh, I'm going to be off next week. We've got furloughs coming, so uh, you won't see much of me next week. Uh, so, uh, But I'll be back after that. Uh, to bring you all your Lions news as usual. Uh, but again, thanks everyone for joining me here. It's been a long week and thanks for, for sticking with us. Uh, you guys are the best. And uh, hit me up on Twitter, email. I always try to get back to you there, even though I know I'm swamped with, with emails right now and I haven't got to those in a while. But everyone have a good night and thanks for joining me here on Facebook Live, Freep.com.